podcasting live from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's your girl, y'all, a native of Philadelphia, certified trauma therapist, and your favorite psychologist, Dr. Dawn Gillette Crossing. Dropping science with sanity sessions for sisters, keeping it together when you want to fall apart. A podcast by a black woman for black women and people of color that gives the real deal on trauma, life, and mental health. And while we are excited that you are tuning in, and we hope you find the topics and information useful, remember y'all, this ain't therapy, and is not intended to replace a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. What up, gang? What up, gang? Today, we have a wonderful woman with us who is going to drop some nuggets in our declutter series and help us to look closer at some of our emotions and behaviors that require removal and decluttering. So let's put our perk our ears up, take some copious notes because I certainly did as we jump in and talk to Miss Tara Lynn Michelle. A native of the Southern Chicagoland area, Tara Lynn is a best-selling author, speaker, and life coach dedicated to supporting women and navigating through the challenges of their life stories. She is passionate about sharing her message of resetting, renewing, and reviving the mind, body, and spirit by helping clients construct a solid emotional and spiritual foundation for their life. As a certified mindset and health coach, habit change expert, and CEO of Divine Design Media, LLC, Tara Lynn has led individuals and groups in customized training designed to create life-changing shifts. In addition to professional coaching and consulting, Terrilyn uses her gift as a professional writer to support clients in taking the next step and sharing their stories through freelance services offered by Divine Design Media. Her book, entitled The Ultimate Release, is at the core of Terrilyn's mission to guide others through identifying the beginning of core beliefs that skew perceptions and fuel a defeatist mindset, decision-making, and experiences. In sharing her impactful talent to awaken and inspire, Terrilyn is proud to lend her support to community organizations and corporations as well as being an active contributor to various platforms created to uplift and educate viewers and listeners. All right, y'all, let's jump in. What up, gang? What up, gang? Welcome to this week's Sanity Sesh. And as you know, this is the beginning of our spring series, Decluttering. We are talking about decluttering not only our personal spaces, but we are talking about the internal processes and works that come along with this whole journey. And so today I have with me a wonder, a awesome woman that we had an opportunity to connect on multiple levels since uh, we've met. And she's just a great woman. I think what we're going to hear from her today is just going to be truly, truly a blessing in helping us begin our declutter journey. So let's welcome to the platform. Welcome to the couch, Miss Tara Lynn. Hey there, lady. Hello, my sister. It is such an honor to be here today. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's an honor to have you. It's an honor to have you. So we got your awesome bio that I read earlier. So in addition to that, let's jump in and just tell us a little bit about what else you do and about your work. Let's hear it from your voice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm Terrilyn Michelle, and of course, I am a certified health and mindset coach. And uh, one of the things that I love the most about what I do is I'm typically working with clients. I have predominantly a female uh, audience that I work with, but there's some men in there too. But um, I'm dealing with different areas of the foundation of uh, 
folks' lives. When I'm talking, when I say foundation, I'm talking uh, spiritually as well as emotionally. Okay. Um, no matter if you're uh, beginning at a space in your life where you're like, okay, hey, I need to take a pause and find out where I'm going from here. Maybe you're at the middle set where you already mm -hmm. had a foundation for your life, mm -hmm. but maybe some things have changed and you need to reset. Or if you're at an upper stage of the foundation of your life where you know mm -hmm. what things are set and I've been doing great, but I want to find out how to break out of the, the, the um, rut of where I am and get to the next level. Well, that's where I come in. I'm right. able to deal with my clients and help them establish what space they're in and where we can go from there. Awesome. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So you got a little bit of everything going on. Like doesn't really matter where you're at in your journey. If they need your assistance, you're kind of, you got what it takes, huh? Absolutely. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, as we talked about, Dr. Dawn, we had the yeah. opportunity to talk previously, mm -hmm. you know, we're evolutionary creatures. This is a process that's ongoing oh throughout our lives. God exactly. is always leveling us up, right? Right. So right. Uh, the, the levels never change. You know, the, the, there's always different things that uh, we're going to want to do as individuals because we're always looking to better ourselves. Right. So absolutely, there's that space where if um, you need to unravel some of what's going on that's in right. your mind or in your heart, that's, that's where right. I come in. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about decluttering and actually looking at the different areas of our lives that requires that reset, requires that cleansing. So let's 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 start with the definition of decluttering in terms of how you see it. And I can jump in and tell you how I see it so that our listeners will kind of get what we mean. I mean, everybody has a different perspective about what that looks like. So what from your perspective, when you think about decluttering, what does that mean in terms of what the work that you do? Well, when I think about decluttering, I'm always thinking in terms of our, our temple. And when I say our temple, I'm talking about our actual physical bodies. A right. lot of what gotcha. we deal with in um, every day in the external world, mm -hmm. there are some aspects that will just pass through our temple and there are other aspects that we'll tend to hold on to. So decluttering for me, if I wanted to give our, our listeners a visual, if you imagine you ever been in a store and you've seen those uh, colorful balls of rubber bands, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all those different things in a ball. Right. Well, decluttering for me is taking and sorting through the different balls of things that you may be carrying around with you within your temple yes. that actually blocks you from receiving what you need to be mm. able to move forward because yes. we can become full. So yep. if you're full, nothing else can get in. That's right. So that's, that's right. what decluttering looks like to me. I agree. I, that's exactly how I see it as well. It's like a detoxification. Yeah. It's kind of like a shedding of some things that are no longer useful that we may have thought were useful at some time. And they may even been useful at some time, but now we're at a place in our lives where it's just no longer working for us, you know? So we, we're, we're talking, you could talk about decluttering of relationships, decluttering of emotions. And those are some of the things of, of the next couple of weeks we are going to be looking into, but I totally agree. I, I, I piggyback on that, that definition totally wholeheartedly. So with with that definition, how what are some steps uh, that you would, would recommend in terms of decluttering emotion and behaviors? Because that sounds like your thing when you when you're uh, looking at what you do with your work, your with your work with your clients. It sounds like the emotions, the behaviors, and even somewhere along the line, uh, mindsets too. There because they're all interconnected, right? So oh, okay. yeah. So what would, what are some things that you would start to recommend or recommend to someone that's in that process of saying, hey? You know what, Tamale? I gotta get Tara Lynn, I gotta get rid of some of this. I gotta get rid of some of this. So what 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 would you recommend? Well, the first thing I always recommend that everybody dislikes <laughs> extremely, and that is stop, take a pause. Yeah. You can't say that there's something that you don't like 
but mm-hmm. you're too busy doing what you're used to doing to mm-hmm. actually stop. So the yeah. first the first thing that we need to do is to take a step back, take that pause and to actually in some quiet reassess what it is that is the reality of your life. And when I say reality, this is important because there's what we live every day and what we aspire to do, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. we aspire to be, what we want that to look like. There's that. But then there's the actual reality yeah. that's going on behind the scenes. That's right. Okay? Preach, girl. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> what you want, what you want it to look like, where you want to be is different than what a lot of times, and not for everyone, but a lot of times that's different th- than the reality of your situation. I'll give you an example. So if you have someone, for example, got a great career, they're working and they're aspiring to be to a certain level within their career, but behind the scenes, their family life is falling apart. It's suffering because of that particular goal. Yeah. The reality of the situation is that your goal is not in alignment with your family life. Right. Regardless to what you want that to be, regardless to um, what your particular goals are, there's a, there's a, place in your life in which those two are not connecting. They're actually Mm -hmm. disconnected. Mm -hmm. So the reality is that something needs to be reassessed. And the reason why, you know, someone listening would obviously say, well, it's the career that needs to be reassessed. Well, when you're working with clients, you can't say that like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because that game may not come back. Exactly. That's, <laughs> Who you think that's you are? <laughs> exactly. Nah, you know, I know how hard I to work where I'm I know, I know, I know you know? right. But the reality is that the disconnect has to be dealt with. So in pausing and taking a step back and really assessing the real, not what you want, what is, that's mm-hmm. the starting point for us in um, creating that space of acknowledgement of mm-hmm. where actually you are and then where we're going to go from there. And mm-hmm. mm. uh, that reminds me of something Lauren Hill spoke about um, years ago before she uh, had, I guess, what some people would consider like a, you know, like a break, like she was just struggling mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, she had came back and did this album and it was kind of, um, unhooked. I think it was called, uh, something where she, it wasn't all glamorous. It was just her with a guitar and, and some vocals. And of course, you know, people criticized her, but I, I liked it because it was the real, I, I love her. I love her music period. It was, it was unplugged. I unplugged, unplugged. Right. She killed it. Yes. And she, I loved it, but you know, yes. she said, I got some negative reviews, you know, saying her, she, her voice was cracking and, and she was saying within the, within the, um, in the album how you know this is the real this is without all of that this is what it really is she said because you can get so caught up in the presentation or the performance but what goes on behind the closed doors to get there she said that's the reality and that's what it sounds like you're saying and I think I read it in an article also during this time and she was sharing like she had some performance in Disney and she had her children and you know her all her people right and um they went you know, they went behind, you know, the behind closed doors at Disney to get to this, you know, to get to the production. And she said, and that's where the work really took place. That's where all the reality took place to have this wonderful kingdom land that you come to and enjoy and have all these festivities. But she said, but behind the closed doors, you saw the grit, you saw the dirt that went in and she called that the reality of it all, you know? And so what you're talking about really sounds like it resonates with that with me in terms of, you know, this is what it looks like once I'm done, or this is what it looks like in the moment that I'm performing or doing what I have to do but you don't know what the cost is and what's the reality is it it really doesn't it really isn't as good as it looks or as glamorous as it looks 
Absolutely. I mean, I talk about um, part of what I talk about. I talk about the reality of the real mm. and the real being R-E-E-L, meaning the real that plays in our mind. Right. Right. And so the reality of that real is what set me free and put me on a path to being able to live authentically. And living authentically means that there's no disconnect between who I am up front, what people see professionally and even as an artist, because I'm a spoken word artist and a poet, I ghost write. I've also, you know, I'm yeah. a best-selling author. I've written my book, but I also write books for other people as well. So now there's no disconnect between who I am professionally, between who I am in my personal life, between mm. who I am as an artist. The reality of that real and coming to terms with lining those things up within my mind. Yeah. That's what helped me to solidify that and make all of those areas become one. Mm -hmm. And that's so very important for each and every one of us, because what people don't seem to understand is that divide is actually a human condition. When you're a person, if you're a spiritual being and you're one who believes in a higher power, Mm -hmm. be that a deity or whatever you may call that, that divide comes from us coming to a space of trying to become one with who we are physically and who we are spiritually. Wow. Trying to make those two things line up. Connect, so that's right. not something, if you have that divide, it's not, oh, well, you're not real and you're fake and this, this, that. No, it's a human condition. Yeah. It's a human space yeah. of being. And so when we give ourselves permission to say, okay, yes, this divide exists. There's this physical side of me. If we go back to our example, I got this career, I'm, I'm, I, I got this title and I'm going here, here, but then behind the scenes, my husband is tripping, my kids is all over the place. Sometimes my money ain't quite right because what I'm trying to do on this side is one way and then it's all that's required there. Well, when you take a pause and say that, okay, yeah, there is a divide. There's what I want and there's everything that's falling apart. Once we get to a space where there's an acknowledgement of that, then we can get to what your reality is, your real reality. And when people embrace that, which is scary because our actual spiritual reality is never in alignment with the physical one. Right. I'm I'm just going to put that out there. Right, right, right. (laughs) They they never match. Yeah. But when you allow that process to mature and happen naturally, you will soon find out that what you thought was of so much value in the physical, the spiritual is so much better. And when it all lines up, your spiritual is so much better overall in your life than what the physical could ever be. I'm mm-hmm, talking money mm-hmm, and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it sounds like the first thing you're saying in terms of decluttering and figure, and also in what areas to declutter, because now we got to figure out what areas really need to be, be detoxed or decluttered, right? Correct. So the first thing I'm hearing from you is stop and recognize the dissonance between my reality and what I think my reality is. Correct? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. You got so it. Then, what would be next? Like after, what would you recommend next steps in terms of like, okay, so I stop and I realize, bang, this is not, this is, there's some dissonance. There's a disconnect here. It's not what I think it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then what, what would you say would be the next piece? So now the next step after that is there's what we do to pay our bills or maybe ways in which we identify ourselves. Because I know for me, before I started um, doing what I do as a coach, I have, you know, my degrees and everything that I got, got Mm. a lot of education, graduate education. So once you stop and you say, okay, this isn't working, now it's time to be real about who you are and where you are. Why do you have that? Mm. Is that what, what purpose is that serving beyond physical? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course we all want titles and accolades and things like that, but if you have them and they're not working in your life, is there something going on with you that you put 
at the wayside that you mm. maybe didn't see as much value in? Mm -hmm. Is there another part of you that could be used that resonates more with who you are authentically? Right. That's a question, you know? And so then that's the next space we get to the, the authenticity piece, yeah. who you really are and why you're really doing what you're doing. And mm -hmm. I do not allow them to talk about money. Right. Money right. always. Well, I got to pay bills. Well, right. you pay bills a lot of different ways. I mean, I was doing what I was doing in corporate America to pay bills. And now right. I'm not using any of the paper or education that I got. And I still pay bills and I'm mm -hmm. using the talents and skills that, that, that I was born yeah. with that I saw no value. in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I saw mm -hmm. no value in them because I couldn't uh, put put a quantifiable label mm -hmm, on, mm -hmm, them, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so the next piece is always dealing with uh, your authenticity, what you do. And um, what you do and who you are in the physical world, as opposed to, is there a gap between who you really want to be and whether or not you see value in that? Gotcha. Because if we don't see value within ourselves and our innate talents, then that's what'll make us go seeking things in the world, validation, such as education. And I don't want anyone listening to think yeah. I'm saying that education Definitely. is valuable because um, I've been able, ed education has allowed me to swim in some pools I otherwise wouldn't even been able to, to enter. Right. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. You know, I'm definitely not down in education. I'm just saying that there's a difference in using education and what you get from it to take and um, refine who you are, as opposed to education being simply how you identify yourself. And de or defining nature of Define, who you are. Exactly. Like my whole identity is based upon what I can accomplish. Because once you get that piece of paper, as you and I both know, that mm -hmm. uh, that excitement dies down maybe 30 days later. You're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm a doctor. 30 days yeah. later, okay, so what? I'm a doctor, you know what I mean? And so it's right. exactly, it's like, you know, like you said, it's not minimizing. Lord knows I can't, as well as you, we, with all the papers yeah. that we got, we can't minimize it, not disrespecting right. it in any type of way. But in the same token, understanding it cannot define you. You Absolutely. know, it could just be, it could be an add-on, it could be an addition, it can be a blessing, but it, it cannot be your defining factor because it, it, it doesn't last. It doesn't, it doesn't last. It doesn't you will be last. left wanting. It will never be enough. And I, I lived years like that. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Like when I sit down to talk to people and they learn some of the things that I've done and places that I've been, they're all, ooh, none of that was ever enough for me. It never mm -hmm. meant anything. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would start off excited because I'm like, yes, when I achieve this, this is going to change. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm going to feel. And I'm going to be able to do this, this and that. And before I was even finished with it, I was chucking it to the side and mm -hmm. on to something else. I was yeah. always wanting. It was never enough. enough. It was yeah. an insatiable appetite yep. that could never be filled. Mm -hmm. And that goes for, you know, cars, material possessions, period. Yeah. Not just education, even relationships, you know? Yep. And, you know, which is, you know, again, on our, on our, on our buffet to discuss over the next couple of weeks, but even with relationships that once I get this relationship, I will be, if I'm married, I will be. And then once you get it, you realize it's, it's empty. You know, those things are empty. It doesn't, those, those things, if, you know, you have to have that internal knowledge of who you are, that authentic piece of who you are, understanding what makes you tick really that's lasting on the inside. And, and it will not be stuff. It will not, like you said, it comes from a spiritual place. It's not, it's not yeah. going to be stuff. It's not going to be relationships for other people. It's going to be what's going on on the inside of us. So I think and that's- I love that you brought that relationship piece into it because we are at a space now mm -hmm. where there's so much chasing going on. Yeah. There's chasing, <laughs> there's, there's just accepting, there's dumbing down, there's, you know, and all of that just to have that person, that, that space filled with the person. 
And what people don't understand is that um, that way, that method of dealing with your person and another person, it becomes a habit. Yes. We're a creature of habit. Yes. It forms a cycle. And people say, well, I keep doing this and I don't understand why. Well, when we get to the root of it, you started off doing this when you were 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Never stop. Yeah. It, it, it's a pattern. It's the same thing over yeah. and over and over again. And until we, like I was saying, take a step back and really and truly connect. First, take that step back. Second of all, second of all connect with the reality of what your real is in your mind. There's mm-hmm. what you live in. And then there's really what you need. Mm-hmm. And then third of all, once you get finished with that, then now we're giving ourselves permission because this is important. A lot of people don't understand how much we limit ourselves by what we think in our heads, even if we don't say it out loud, you Mm -hmm. give yourself permission to start from scratch. Wow. Which means that I'm letting go of, I am making a choice. No one is making, I am making a choice. Now that we've acknowledged these two spaces that we are, I'm making a choice to give myself permission to move beyond that, leave that in the past. And that could be anything, whether it's the relationship, the emotions, uh, even like our spaces, because what I have found with physical space is that oftentimes when we are not mentally in the right place, it will reflect in our physical areas, you know, whether it be hoarding or dirt or just clutter or, or like just lack of organization, you know, because you can have a a clean home, but it could still be uh, messy in terms of things all over the place, you know, things of that kind of nature. So it definitely, this what you're saying, sounds like it could just, this can cover the whole diaspora of, in terms of what we're looking at with uh, decluttering, you know? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned personal space because you know what? That's true for me. I can tell. Yeah, me too. I'm, a, I'm a very type A organized person, but I can tell when uh, things are getting overwhelming in my mm-hmm. mind because I'll start looking around and I'm like, why is that there? Why mm-hmm. is that there? I all of a sudden mm-hmm. see that things, yeah. when my mind gets cluttered, then things around me it's cluttered. Mm-hmm. get cluttered. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'll say, okay, hold on, pause. Exactly what you do mm-hmm. with other people. Pause. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. are we? What's going on? Right. And then I'll reset. Right. So, so that's what, that so it sounds like that's what you're saying. Give your permission. Cause when you say stop and evaluate who you are, the authenticity piece that ties into the reality versus what I think the reality of the real. Right. Yep. So then when you're saying permission to start from scratch, you're telling us to reset, just kind of like reset. Now, how do you decide, how would you say someone decides, um, what area needs to be decluttered? Because, you know, it's so many different facets of decluttering. Like I know if I, when, and you know, we're going to talk about this next, but when I look back over my life, it, you know, I had to, when I was decluttering, it was different areas that I needed to declutter and it didn't happen all at the same time. Sometimes things happen in tandem, but I would say most of the time it would happen like, okay, this particular area is, you know, not working anymore and I got to take a look at it. So how is someone, how would you recommend someone go about identifying like, this is an area that definitely needs to be decluttered? Well, what I do is I have an assessment that I give clients before we even start because- mm-hmm. Yes, we always have multiple things that we could stand to address, but at the end of the day, there's always one or two that are a priority. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's hard for an individual to say, okay, this is most important as opposed yeah. to. So I actually have an assessment that I give clients. It's a wheel, and the way the wheel is set up, um, it helps them. Well, they don't know when they're taking it what they're taking it for. Right, right, we right. Evaluate it together. But what happens is this will helps to show me and helps to show them what's priority 
mm. on their chain of things that they need to look at. So as far as something specifically that I could give listeners in speaking to do, that's kind of hard to do because again, by the time you get to a space where you're thinking about coming to me, you're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. And that's, I don't really have something um, that I can give and say, well, hey, do this and that'll help to declutter you or, or at least set you on a uh, pathway to know how to assess your mm-hmm. starting point. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I guess if I had to say, if I had to give any type of direction in that area, I would probably say if it's grieving you. Like if you find yourself and and, and like you said, the pattern piece, like if you find yourself uh, and, and, you know, relationships are easy as examples, but if you find yourself leaving one relationship only to get into another one that mimics that one and you just see yourself in that same pattern. So like if you find yourself with controlling men, like if you start to look back over your relationships and all of the men were controlling, then that's probably an area that's internally that you have to begin to declutter because that type of relationship appeals to you and you might be missing some of the, the red flags up top at the beginning of that uh, initiation that may, may keep you from going down that road. You know? So I would say something that you see that's kind of repeatedly happening. And oftentimes our clients don't see that, you know, I'll have clients tell me, well, he's different from my last boyfriend because my last boyfriend pushed me down the steps and he just punches me in my legs. Like, no, that's not really a difference, you know? So, I mean, I actually had, you know, so basically trying to, you know, I'll say if it's an area that you find, that con- continues to grieve you, then it's probably something that you need to talk to talk about or start to declutter. And of course, when, you, when you're looking at decluttering, some things we can do on our own in terms of like boundaries and things like that, but some things we will need a licensed professional to have some help with, especially if it's a long-term endearing pattern, right? Yeah. So I think okay. those are some things that we, that's some couple things I would throw out to the listeners as a beginning process in terms of being able to identify this is an area because it just keeps causing me problems. Same thing with eating or, you know, like if I find that I, I stay at the doctors because of my weight or I stay at the doctors because of my blood pressure, then that's probably an area that you may want to say, I, I keep having a problem here. I need to reevaluate and see if this, this is probably an area I need to start decluttering my, my habits and things like that. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I love that because there are so many different areas, especially to one that I've gotten quite a bit, uh, the sex piece, Mm, the same behavioral aspects going on with uh, sexual relate, uh, how people sexually relate to other people. Sex is this one um, person that I spoke with. That's always primary. Mm. They always go straight to the the, the sex. And I was wondering, you know, when I was talking to uh, this client, I was like, Hmm. Why do you think that is? Why is that first for you? And come to find out that um, this person lacked the closeness of their mom. Their mm. mom left when they were really young. Wow. And that for them in their mind, I guess when they imagined the euphoria of being able yeah. to have their mom around, yeah, it was that type of closeness. And it took a while for us to get there because I was wondering, I was like, well, why would that? There's so much more to a person. So you're right. Hey. If you, these different patterns of stuff that keeps coming up and mm-hmm. that's definitely something to revisit, but yeah. And, friend, and people that's close to us that have our best interest at heart. So, you know, sometimes we'll have people that's close to us that, that are not healthy. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's a tough one, but people that are, you know, but people that are close to us that we know have our best interests at heart, they sometimes can point it out to us because like you said, the real or the real, like it, I think it's this way, but from the outside looking in, people are like, mm, that, I don't know about that. This is a, this is a pattern for you, or this is a behavior for you. Absolutely. And so sometimes people in our lives are really good indicators of what, 
you know, where some areas are that just aren't, you know, working out for us. But again, you know, you, you may be able to identify this, but it's okay to seek out some help because sometimes these endear, these um, long-term patterns are really difficult to break on our own. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that people underestimate the challenge of breaking patterns, mm-hmm. when you break patterns, you tend to break relationships that support that negative behavior mm-hmm. that comes with mm-hmm. it as well. So usually um, breaking your pattern, one of the things you give yourself permission to do is to leave behind any relationships or people who are not serving the new version of you. Mm-hmm. you know, because yep. a lot of the times we create a cocoon around us to support yes. where we are. And that's, well, but that's the you, decluttering right there. Exactly. But you said that's decluttering. You just encapsulated decluttering. These, these do not no longer serve where I'm going on my journey. Exactly. And we have to give ourselves permission to be okay with the fact that I've grown beyond this or I want to grow beyond this. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to grow beyond where I am, I have to be open to creating a new environment that yep. is comprised of people, places. You may start to do things differently, go to different places, but creating a new environment that supports your mind, body, mm-hmm. and spirit for where you want to go mm-hmm. or where you're currently going. Mm-hmm. But giving yourself permission to do that, not feeling as though it's a negative thing and making people um, uh, make you feel as though you're doing something wrong by doing yeah. what you need to do to protect yourself. Yeah, That's yeah. another thing. That's another huge piece. I think that's probably one of the most challenging parts of the journey. Yeah, Those things changing around you yeah. and sometimes how people can make you feel because you're growing. Yeah. 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 You know, everyone has an opinion and (laughs) it definitely is, you know, I think it speaks to the level of security that we have in our own selves when, cause you know, the same, you know, I'm a firm believer that people really can't make us feel anything. I feel like people say things and, and our emotions are on our emotions, you know, because that person can say, something to this another person the same exact way and that person may not walk away with the feelings that we walk away with right, right. and so um they trick i think people trigger things inside of us and it's up to us to to to, to do what, it's up to us to manage whatever's triggered in us right but right. people you know everybody has an opinion and i think it speaks to our it's really difficult if you're not secure and what where you're going in your journey to be able to take it as just an opinion and still do what i have to do that's important for myself i think that's a tough tough space um, and, and so I think part of the decluttering process is like you said, stopping, taking a step back and giving myself permission to, um, reset, but also learning how to be secure and comfortable in your own skin. And again, it's easier said than done, you know, that may require some help and that's okay. Right. You know, absolutely. Okay. And that, com- that comfortable in your own skin part is, uh, take, take accountability. Yes. Because comfort in your yes. own skin, people have to understand that's not something that's given. That's something that's earned, earned right. you know? And so when you take accountability, if the if the um, environment that you created for your life is one that's not conducive to your growth, then you have to take accountability for the fact that you create your own environment. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and once you take accountability for that, it's no one else's fault. It is what it is. You know, a you you, you do the best that you can. You 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 do what you know at the time. Yes. And as you grow, you learn more. Yeah. So when you take accountability for that then now you're in a position to go ahead and rebuild exactly what you want that feels right for you. And I love what you said about um, people feeling that judgment that can come from other people, but with you being okay for having, uh, for people, uh, I'm sorry, you being okay with people offering their opinions, yeah, but still doing what you're going to do. That reminds me of something my grandmother used to say. She said, 
people can't press a button that doesn't exist. Mm. Preach granny. So, Preach okay. Granny. Right, granny, you <laughs> so the thing, one of the, the gifts that I see, and uh, if you run across somebody and they happen to trigger you, mm-hmm. that is a gift. And the reason why that's a gift wow. is because that person and their presence and whatever they offered you in that moment, they have revealed to you a space wow. that you need to heal and that you need to work on. That's the truth. That's right it. There. Because if they come and if they come and say something that strikes a chord in you, and isn't it crazy that sometimes that'll happen. It'll be a person you don't know from campaign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'll have an aura or a disposition about themselves that they may say something. And all of a sudden, somebody that you don't know that you don't care about because you have no emotional connection to them. They have you feel in some type of way. Right. That's a gift because that's a weakness. That's a weak spot that yeah. you needed to refine. And that person just gave you what you need to mm-hmm. do. It's mm-hmm. like an open book test. They mm-hmm. gave you mm-hmm. a <laughs> chink in your armor. It's a chink in your armor. Right? That's all it is. The chink that's in your armor. And that's powerful. I never thought of it as a gift, but that's, a, that's powerful because it is. But oftentimes I think where it depends on where we're at in our journey, we place the responsibility of healing on other people's situations. And it's so much easier to be like, I don't like him or I don't like her versus like, what is it about him or her that triggers me? Like, this is my stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like, why am I, it's so easy to just displace it off on somebody else, you know, versus looking internally and being like, there's something going on on the inside of me. I think that requires not only a level of uh, security, but I also think it requires a level of maturity. And I don't mean age. I don't mean age, but just emotional maturity to realize that it's not her responsibility not to trigger me. You know, like if I'm in a relationship with someone and they're triggering me, yes, in the relationship, I should be able to say, when you do things like that, it triggers this emotion, right? But it's still my responsibility to manage my emotion. It's not theirs, right? John, I love that. Ooh, I love that you sit there. Look at you. Pass it around. Because that is so true. Right. It's, it's, but you know what? In you saying that, like someone comes up that you don't know from a can of paint, they trigger you and all of a sudden it's, I don't like them. It's on the, mm-hmm. well, I think that uh, that happens because of course I've done it before. Yeah, yeah. That, that happens because in that moment, you're so overwhelmed by the emotion and the mm-hmm. experience. You mm-hmm. don't know what to do with it. Yeah. It, it catches you off guard. It's like, oh, and the first thing you're going to do is done. Yep. She over there. Yep. I don't like her. I don't want to mm-hmm. see her no more. You, like you say, it takes getting to that space of emotional and spiritual maturity where you can, in that moment, even in that discomfort, mm-hmm. say, okay, I need to explore that because mm-hmm. this person doesn't know anything about me. Right. Exactly. Actually, a lot of the times what they're doing is reflecting their brokenness. On That's it. Period. That's something but we personalize it. But yep. we personalize it when we haven't done our own work or not right. that we haven't done our own work. We have more work to do because some of us yeah. are actively on the journey. And like you said, we we're doing the work and then we come across this uh, situation and it's like, wow, where did that come from? You know, and that's just like, you said, it's a gift, like, okay, you're doing the work. So maybe we need to shift. And so to our listeners, that's how you can figure out where you need to declutter at is when you have that overwhelming emotion about whether it's a situation or relationship or uh, behavior. And when you see yourself like just overwhelmed by it and not sure what to do with it besides project it, because don't, you know, that's easy to project it. Oh, that's them. Oh, that's, I don't like her. Or she shouldn't have said this. And it's like, yeah, that's all fine and well. And it doesn't take the responsibility off of of another person to do their own work, but you still got to do your work, you know? And so that's, I think that's a really good place to start. It's like just being able to say, this right here triggers me or I, I, it's no longer serving me or something's wrong. I feel something wrong in this area. What, what do I have to do? 
Okay. So that's awesome. I love it, Tara Lynn. I love it. So as therapists, you know, one of the things I say about good therapists is, you know, part of our journey, we often entail, it often entails what we do with our clients in terms of like what we've done in our own personal journey, the work that you've done, right? Mm -hmm. You often see you doing that same work with your clients to get them to a certain space. I think any good therapy, you know, I think in this day and time, therapists are pretty are more transparent than ever. And just recognizing that we have our own wounds, our own hurts. Some of us have our own trauma that we've carried, right? Okay. And part of our work often entails doing some of the same work with our clients to get them out of their, their spaces, right? Or, or whatever areas they want to improve on. And so um, can you share about a time when you felt like you were just down on the mat? out for the count. Cause that's part of what we do with our listeners. We talk about a time where even our, our, our therapist went from discouraged to determined and the work that it took to get to that space. Can you share a time like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, one thing I know all too well is self-hate. Yeah. That was a space that, that I lived in. I was yeah. consumed by it and it just, um, yeah, it occupied every crevice of my being. And the, the, the crazy thing about it is it was at one of the most successful periods and, mm. and success as defined by the world. But yes, that's another thing yes. I learned. I'll get to that in a minute. But it was at one of the quote unquote air quotations successful um, times in my life. That was when I spoke a little bit earlier about just being left wanting. Mm-hmm. Have all of these different things that you're doing and everybody else thinks you're so great and you're the last person. I had problems looking at myself in the mirror, to be totally honest with you, as a woman living in that self-hate and not Mm -hmm. having any personal value in myself and looking for validation throughout the world, through uh, education, through how I kept myself, uh, you know, how I kept my physical externally, of course, Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm, I looked mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you know, looking for validation and acceptance in the way that seemed to work for other people because I didn't know enough about myself to know what worked for me. Yeah. that was my space. And so what happened was I just got to a point where it, the stress of seeking constantly, never being fulfilled, knowing that I hated everything about myself. I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to continue to live the way that I was living because mm-hmm. it had just become too hard and I yeah. didn't have anything left. Yeah. You know? And so I remember, um, I was in, I'm a yogi. I've been doing yoga for years now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember I was in my bedroom and I was sitting in front of uh, one of the tall floor length mirrors. And I was just sitting there looking at myself and I just started to take off my clothes. And I stood there in front of that mirror nude. And for the first time since I can remember, I actually looked at my total self from head to toe. Now, what I would do is what I call spot check. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I went to a mirror, I would only look at what I didn't like. And mm-hmm. how I wanted to cover it up right, right. or dress it up. I never looked at my whole self yeah. in a mirror. So that point in time, I looked at my whole self in the mirror and I prayed and I said, God, I just want to see what you see mm. because I don't see it and I can't do this anymore. And yeah. I don't, I, I, I was that support at that point in my life. I was that support before I was actually a trained coach. Mm-hmm. I was just a born coach. Mm-hmm. I was that support for everybody else on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And I believed in everything that God was for everybody else, except for me. Yeah. And I needed to believe that. And so when I prayed and I mean, I prayed and I meant it like I never meant it before. And I got up from that mirror and got dressed and went about my day went to sleep that night. And when I woke up the next morning, it was a new morning because I ended up being able to, uh, I have, we call the round table, the elders Mm -hmm. in my life. I ended up speaking to um, my aunt 
uh, that day, she just happened to call and I just broke down crying. And I was like, I just can't, I can't live like this. Yeah. And so that started the journey for me. To declutter. Yeah. God <laughs> taking it and strengthening right. me. And wow. that's when I started to see that I felt so void. Yeah. And I was left wanting because I had no personal value. I mean, I had a lot of value in the yeah. external world, but I had no spiritual value. I had yeah. no value in myself. I didn't think that anything that I was uh, born with, that God blessed me with, mean any, meant anything. I didn't even think me being a coach all of those years without the credentials meant anything. Yeah. And so that's when God started to take me on a different journey within my life. And the mm-hmm. first thing that happened was he stripped me of everything in the world that was of value, quote unquote, Yeah. that was value. And I learned to define success for myself. It had nothing to do with my degrees. It had nothing to do with my money. It had nothing to do with anything other than who was Terrilyn before she had the responsibility of showing up in the world as an adult and quote unquote, becoming somebody because I was born somebody. Amen. I had to get to a space where that became value. And so these same things that we've talked about during the course of our conversation today, if you notice, it was the same thing. You got to strip down before you get filled up. So I I ended up losing that job. (laughs) I ended up losing a couple cars. I ended up losing Mm -hmm. where I lived and it was nothing that I planned. My Mm -hmm. life just went on and God's, you know, be careful what you ask him for Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you don't, you never know how he's going to bring it about in your Mm -hmm, life. mm -hmm. I ended up losing all of that. And when I lost all of that, I was on unemployment. I had a cousin call me on the phone and say, Hey, I'm, uh, she was the, uh, director at a church. Uh, the uh, music minister mm-hmm. and she was like I need I'm from a family of singers I used to be a recording artist and so she was like um yeah I'm getting this thing together and I wanted to know if you want to do it yes it's another check I'm on unemployment I'll take it mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever right. you want me to do tell me what it be right. so I ended up one of my prayers to God was show me what you see and put me in a space where I can learn how to connect with you. I ended up in that band at that church. And because of it being my job, I had to be immersed in God twice a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was just funny how that just fit into what I yeah. was doing. It was a little yeah. extra money. And so I started to rebuild from there my relationship with God. And that was like the poorest time in yeah. my dog on life, honey. But it was the happiest time. I hear you. I, hear I you. didn't have none of that stuff in the physical world, but I was free. And I learned how yeah. to value and put value on exactly who I was without stuff. Right. And then once God saw that, okay, so now you see what I see. Mm. So yeah. now what's success to you? And when I thought of success to me, success to me was working with people intentionally who hate themselves the same way that I used to. Wow. I can see it and I can identify with it and I can connect to it and I can walk them through it because I've been through it and I still was going through it. Yeah. And I want to say this to listeners too, because it's a lot of uh, folks out there who do what I do. A lot of coaches who present themselves as they got it all together. And this is this yeah. pinnacle, honey, this is where I'm at. And this is where you want to be. Yeah. 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 I'm proficient in what I'm proficient in. And I know what it is that I know, but make no mistake about it. God is always leveling me up and I'm a work in progress. And that's one of the things that I'm very happy about um, when I'm dealing with clients to let them know that I'm not above you. Yeah. I'm not someplace where this, like this utopia that you got to get to. No, 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 no. I'm a work in progress. Just like you, like my grandmother used to say, I carried that stick and threw it away and you just picked it up. But guess what? 
I'd have picked up somebody else's stick. That's life. That's it. We're always going to be doing that. So it is a it it is a, a work that's evolutionary and that goes on. But that was that space for me where I asked, and God took everything from me that was blinding me, and helped me to re, he not he he didn't help me. He rebuilt me and showed me what value was and allowed me to to define success for myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. outside of the external world. And right. that's where I build from today. I think it's a lot of pressure to, especially for women of color to fit into this box, into this mold. And I yeah. do think there's a certain amount of liberty, liberty and um, freedom and being able to achieve if you want to achieve, but understanding that that's not who, that's not who you are. It's just an achievement. You know, yeah. it's not your, it doesn't define you. It's just, yeah. it's just an add on. It's just a plus, you know, like, you know, you go to the store and get a burger and you say, you can add mayonnaise, pickles and ketchup. It's just, that's just toppings. I love that. <laughs> it's just toppings. You know what I'm saying? I it's not, it. it's not the burger, you know? And so we don't want to discourage anybody from wanting to achieve, but just when you start to base your value and your worth on achievement, that's where, that's where they're, they're, that could be, that could be a downfall. And that's an area that you may have to take and say, you know what? I got to start to detox and declutter that area because it's empty and you'll find yourself chasing carrots until you're exhausted. And I, yeah. I can remember being in that space in my, my uh, late twenties, early thirties, you know, mm-hmm. um, trying to prove my worth and my value with degrees, you know, um, because I didn't feel worthy, you know, I didn't yeah. feel valued, you know, I didn't feel like I had anything to add and, you know, and God blessed. And I did, you know, I finished school, but at the end of the day, that wasn't Dawn, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's not that, you know, that Dawn had value and worth without any of that, without any degree, right. without any education, just because he said so. So that, but that can be an area that we can get so bound up in. And I think it does go back to loving yourself. And I don't know that loving ourselves is something that, especially when people of color, women of color, you know, in general, we, 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 I don't know that we know what that means, you know, sometimes. Oh yeah. I, I, Don, I agree a thousand percent. I don't think that we know what that means individually a lot of the times. And we also know, we also don't know what that means and the responsibility when we talk about the sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've bought into um, the uh, societal mindset of divide and conquer when it comes mm-hmm. to the black community. That's right. We we see uh, a sister next to us whose light is amazing, and instead of us saying, "Ooh, that's bright, that's pretty," I want to go to that, and I want to see how I can connect so we can be brighter together. The first thing a lot of sisters will try to do is dim that sister's light, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we have to become better stewards of oh, one yes, another I agree. when it comes to that. And I don't, um, it, it all goes back to the piece that you mentioned. It starts off with individual love. And when you know how to love yourself individually, then when you come into a collective, you're bringing that into it. You mm-hmm. have that space of, uh, you spoke um, earlier too, about having that space of security within mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. and maturity within yourself. Those are the types of things that I think as a collective, we definitely have to get better at working on and being mm-hmm. stewards of mm-hmm. with each other because there's so much power amongst our community, especially with, with Black women. Yeah. There's power in us working together as a collective. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Rather than I as, as, as individuals. But I think it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. You got to stop and acknowledge it. 
Yeah. Like you're like, why am I acting like this? Instead of pretending like this, like, you know, I, I, I get so frustrated with people that pretend like, oh, I don't get jealous or I don't, I don't compete. And it's like, what? Those hey, are the main ones who do it. It's, it's so, and it's, it's so obvious, right? It is right. like, you know, and having been one myself, you know, having to be, right. had, having had been in that space myself, you yeah. got to stop and say, this is not okay. I don't like how that feels. I don't like I don't like the way I feel or act towards my sister that's shining. You know, I think it goes back to what you said in order to declutter, you got to stop and realize and acknowledge that this is happening and then match up the reality that's out there and the reality of the real in your head, you know, that's and I think right. it goes back to that. And then you got, then you got to do the work to shed it. You know, you got to do the work. You got to start to say, ask those tough questions. Why am I this way? What is it? What experiences have happened for me to feel like I have to treat someone this way or have to be this way or have to be in this type of relationship or be in any relationship or have to overachieve? You know, that's the broad spectrum of decluttering is being able to acknowledge it. So 100%. And also, too, I got to add this little piece, too, Don, because I think what makes people, you know, I didn't get jealous of blah, 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 blah. That's because. First thing we do is judge ourselves for having what is normal human emotion. That's the truth. The, the right trick there. of the enemy is to convince that is so you true. that you're the only one. Yep. Let me tell you something. Or that you're a bad person. Or, or, or that it. you're but or that you're a bad all of those emotions and species right. of being serve a divine mm-hmm. purpose. It's not what it is, it's how you choose to use it. That's so right. understand that you are not a bad person. You are not. Uh, any of the, the the judgmental things, but because our our negative self talk, yes, come on definitely. now, we all know. We know That's right. You're right. right. That's that real. The real the, of the it's, real, it's, right? It's that it's that real. You are not any one thing because you experience human emotion and you might not deal with it in the best mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to being alive. That's right. <laughs> and the truth is, a lot of people don't. But we're exactly. so busy. We're so busy putting up these airs and these fronts because we're trying to fit into this tidy, this tiny, tidy little box that we think we're supposed to fit in, right? Mm-hmm. That we don't want to be transparent. And I tell folks, don't you ain't got to be transparent with me. But at least be transparent with yourself. And if you call yourself serving Jesus or God, be transparent with him as well, because you ain't got to tell me. I understand that. But yeah. ain't, don't fool yourself. And you certainly ain't fooling God. You ain't fooling the Lord because he already know. So like you can't, you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. Exactly. I you love that. Don't acknowledge. So the, the first step is to and not for anyone else for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you step into spaces and your mindset is, well, let me see who doing this and let me see who. Do, and, and the women know you know who you are. Mm-hmm. If you're that one who's going into meetings or social settings and the first thing you want to do with your conversation is try to make people feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. or put them on the spot, understand that if you accomplish making them feel uncomfortable, then all that says is that you're taking your brokenness into a room and there's something about you that makes you feel better about making someone else feel less, Yeah, which just makes you less. Yeah. You didn't, I mean, if, if I'm able to make you feel bad, what does that say about me? Yeah. The people who we remember in the world are the people who make people feel empowered, mm-hmm. who make people feel inspired, who make people feel as though they can conquer anything, who make people want to go give more of themselves. Those are the people that people remember, That's not right. the person who came in the room. And yeah. when they walked over to the other side, she was like, well, anybody got a pellet gun so I could put that down? Yeah. You know, that's that's yeah. not the person. Right. That's not the person that you that's should right. want to be. And if, right. and if that's what you're doing, understand that that's the imprint that you're leaving in the world on mm-hmm. people's spirit, that mm-hmm. that's what you are. And is, is that really what you want to be? And if mm-hmm. you answer, yes, that's who I want to be. Then now the question is, 
what's done happened to you yeah. that you don't want for people to feel your light mm-hmm. that you'd rather just transmit darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. And I think uh, that's powerful. I think that's powerful because again, it goes back to decoloring. If that's who I want to be, then what is it that has hurt you? Right? right. And I think it also, and let's be clear listeners, that doesn't mean that you want to have someone in your life that don't challenge you. Cause there's going to be people that challenge you. That's going to make you feel bad because they're challenging you to be your best person, but not someone that's just this whole goal is to tear you down. You know, we're talking about someone who's, you know, if someone comes to you and they want to challenge you and challenge you to be your best and you walk away feeling bad, okay, that's a little different from, right. hey, just just to rip, rip down, you ain't nothing, you ain't never going to be nothing and just never pouring any life into you to encourage you to build up. So I just want to make that clear distinction because I have some clients Absolutely. who really want people in their lives that just t- don't tell them the truth. It's all, it's all butterflies and birds, right? But behind their back, they're talking about them. So they'll come to right. session and like, you know, she's told my this. And I'm like, well, you know, like, I don't know that, that there's space in your relationship to be honest with you, you know? And right. so, and we do want people to tell us the truth. And sometimes that truth hurts, but there is a difference between what, you know, um, Tara Lynn is ex- expressing versus like that, 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 that person that's just there to kind of build you up in the midst yeah. of that, you know? So that was awesome. I could talk to you all day, but before we <laughs> wrap up, <laughs> Tell us what's next for you professionally and personally, because I, I hear where your professional and personal journey kind of ties into each other. Absolutely. Well, uh, currently, um, I'm, I got a new project that I'm working on uh, with a client that actually involves me personally in this whole transformation thing. So you'll see more about me uh, because I'm a health coach. You're going to see more about that that's coming up as well. That's great. I'm so happy that um, there's a possibility that we'll be able to uh, have some in-person events, uh, all depending. So yeah, so uh, look to that. If you want to know more about uh, different events and things that are going to be going on with me, you can go to TaralynMichelle.com. That information will be there. Um, I also plan on uh, starting a children's book series because I want to start to address with kids earlier on some of those feelings that they may have that could, could, that could create insecurity early on. And mm-hmm. uh, the hope is to prevent them from getting to a space in their lives where they uh, don't diminish their own personal value. Yeah. They understand the value of where they are, exactly where they are, uh, how they were born, um, and not to let things that can be going on in their life and things around them start to imprint on the little bl- blueprints of their life. So I'm interested in coming up with the series uh, that's definitely going to be something read for kids about that. That's important. That is important. And just imagine, like, I don't know. I, I don't think I was ever taught self-hate as a child, but if, if I'd have been taught that value <laughs> as a, as a child, you know, and you as well, as we were talking about just having that, those pieces, um, yeah. I don't know that we, you know, in our time, at least when we were coming up, that was not something that was widely done, at least not for brown people. It might've been done for other populations, but not for brown people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> a lot exactly. of our identity back then was on, accomplishment you know they you know we were taught to accomplish so we can make a life for our family we can make a life for you know um just a life for ourselves so a lot of our rewards came from accomplishing school work school work you know and so we always had to work hard to get more yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. So I heard you say, um, TaraLynMichelle.com that will be in our show notes, guys. What are your other handles? If people want to catch you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, what, what are your other handles? Absolutely. If you're on, uh, if you're going on Instagram, um, Twitter, it's at just Terralyn, J U S T T A R A L Y N. And, uh, Facebook, my business page is author Terralyn Michelle. 
but that's where you can get me there. Uh, if you miss any of those handles, again, um, all of my uh, handles and everything are at terrellandmichelle.com. Okay. You can definitely get those things there. Well, Miss Terrellyn, you dropped some bombs, nuggets, all kind of stuff. You have truly <laughs> opened our Declutter series up with our first guest on the uh, show. And it's been amazing. I mean, you just covered kind of everything in terms of just the first beginning steps on where to start to declutter and how to start to declutter. And like, we want to leave with our listeners, it, you know, this is a journey. So don't feel bad if you're, you know, if some of the things we brought up you're doing right now, don't judge yourself. Just take a step back and begin to say, what do I need to do to be in the space that I want to be in? Because as um, Terrellyn shared with you, as well as I share with you, we, we had to go through these same things ourselves and had to be transparent and still working on ourselves to, to make sure that we can be the best versions of ourselves. So do not get in a bad space. And if you need help to get through that process, do not, do not at any time feel um, uncomfortable seeking out a licensed professional to get you through part of your journey. Okay. That's all we got for today. Listeners, we will holler at you later, gang. Have a good one. That's it, gang. This week's sanity sesh with Dr. Dawn. I hope you enjoyed this episode and walked away with some life-changing nuggets. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we would love to connect with you at Sanity Sessions for Sisters at gmail.com, on Instagram at Dr. Dawn on the Real, and please join our Facebook group, The Same Gang. All right, now, I got to go. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And until next time, y'all, stay sane.